Hello and welcome back to League Talk. Today is episode number 34 and we have a very, very special guest. We have a man called Box on the show, also known as Ross. So whatever you would rather be referred to. Um, but why don't you introduce yourself? Because I don't want to sort of do an injustice to what you've done, what you've achieved, all those sort of things. So why don't you introduce yourself as a whole? Uh, hello, my name is Box. Uh, I've been part of the scene since maybe season two. I didn't really get anywhere near as good as I should have been till season four where I hit diamond and then I sat about diamond five to three mm-hmm. till like now uh, and then recently I've been focusing more on studying doing my second degree in psychology and counselling and um, the reason why I wanted to come on the show was because I've done a lot of coaching especially through league coaching I've done over 300 paid coaching sessions And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's about about it from me. Yeah, perfect, so brilliant. So welcome. Thank you for giving up your time. I know uh, I know you're super busy with all the stuff you got going on. So thank you for for doing that and getting uh, getting in yeah, touch. My schedule is talk on this, go swimming for an hour, and then I need to come back do two hours worth of study. <laughs> then I need to get to sleep because I'm starting at nine tomorrow. Oh, and uh, currently I'm working at Lloyd's Banking <sighs> uh, Group whilst uh, whilst I study psychology and counselling. So on, uh, yeah, it? super busy. <laughs> hence why uh, not as not as into the league scene as I used to be. I used yeah. to play two or three games a day and also do like a coaching session or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, no longer, no longer have that time. Amazing. So, so like, you coaching is that the sort of your speciality at the moment, or? Yeah, yeah. Like I've always done, I've always done solo queue coaching, and when I have ventured into team coaching, uh, I've never done it at a level where I would expect anyone to give me any sort of money for mm-hmm. it and um, I think that's the same for uh, for the whole UK scene yeah. if you're not in the challenger well maybe the challenger series I've seen some, there's rare cases where you get amazing coaches uh, for the challenger series and like that sort of area yeah. but uh, yeah I would argue strongly that coaches are a bit unneeded at the uh, lower ends mm-hmm. of the competitive scene yeah. like anything below diamond one i'd say mm-hmm. interesting okie dokie then so you know coaching is one of those things where it's i see it in the coaching that i do as sort of a selfless job i don't necessarily do it for you know the money for me hasn't been great in traditional sports coaching but i'm always interested to find out why people get into coaching so what's the the sort of reasoning behind your your start for for coaching league of legends well um i'm kind of the opposite i was uh sitting in diamond four in season five and there was a post on facebook looking for coaches for this uh new competitive team and uh yeah you know the sort of thing everyone mm-hmm. gets well i got really excited like oh yes it's gonna be the next big thing and all this jazz mm-hmm. um because i was diamond four i could never get onto a decent team diamond four in the grand scheme of things isn't that good yeah uh which uh, unfortunately if you're listening and you're diamond four i, I do apologize <laughs> um so so yeah i got onto this team and it was me and this other coach and this coach was platinum something like three or four mm-hmm. uh and he seemed to be super into coaching it was the only thing he was in and uh, he told me about league coaching and i noticed he was charging six pounds an hour mm-hmm. and i was like wait a minute you know this guy is charging six pence per hour, and I also noticed that no one had specialized in one particular role. It was always two roles, so like I do okay. this and that. So I, yeah, I've I've got an academic background, and I was just finishing. What was I doing at the time? I think I was, yeah, I think I was finishing my philosophy degree mm-hmm. and wanting to go into teaching. So I, I really spent a lot of time and effort on my profile. Uh, started charging people at eight pounds an hour, and. Um, 
I was just surprised because like I, I love League of Legends, always have done, mm-hmm. and um, I didn't at that point know I enjoyed seeing improvement in others. But once I started doing a couple of sessions, it just sort of kicked in. Like seeing someone improve because of what you've done, mm-hmm. and uh, you know the amount of prep that goes into each session. You know, the more prep you do, the better the session, and the better they improve. It was great to see that like direct effect from what you were personally doing. Mm-hmm. And um, shortly after, I was like, I had, I had, I think four regulars or maybe five. Um, and I said to them, "Look, you know, uh, it's taking up a lot of my time. I'm finishing up my dissertation. I'm gonna have to put the price up. I think I lost like three of them. Yeah. Uh, but then I got more back, and uh, I think I charged twelve. Yeah, I charged twelve pound an hour till mm-hmm. the end of it. Um, but I'm a dirty capitalist. I enjoyed <laughs> I enjoyed the money, um, just as much as I enjoyed the improvements. Okay, but it, it was a, it was a happy, happy balance. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, you know that's one of the things that really does uh, keep coaches in the game because uh, you know in traditional sports, whether it's football or tennis, I've seen a lot of people come and go in the time that I've been coaching. Um, yeah. Because you know, on for, especially if you're a little bit long, younger, if you're 17 or 18, for example, all of a sudden you're getting paid 10 pounds an hour to do some tennis coaching. Oh yeah, that's you'll amazing. Get that if you like, so where I'm working now, it's like um, I can't say, but it's like uh, Lloyd's Banking Group. I only get paid like 12 pound 50 an mm. hour. That's like 50p more than what I was getting paid to like yeah. coach. And you know, it's it's, it's more regular. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason I'm doing it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, um, so 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 yeah, you know. I think uh, if you're wanting quick cash and you're very good at league, and if you've got the patience and the mm-hmm. and the time to prep for sessions, getting into coaching is brilliant yeah. for extra money. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the really interesting things is I think uh, personally, personality types is one of the really really big things for coaching. I think uh, yeah. speaking to yourself now, I can tell that you're someone that will be able to coach, right? And unfortunately, some people don't necessarily have that within them. They may be amazing at the game. They may be phenomenal players, but potentially coaching isn't their forte for uh, a solo queue person. Maybe someone who wants to get from silver to gold or gold to plat. Yeah, um, yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, so when I was um, setting up my profile, I wanted to see what everyone else was doing. And sort of like, so I got a notepad and I started writing notes and I booked in as many free sessions as I could mm. with good players players on league coaching because there was like a few right and i was bombarded with just vod review that was the only thing they did vod review and they just as they watched the vod or they watched you play in real time would just it was like they complained about you you know Mm. it was just like they they said everything you were doing wrong but they explained it but that was it Mm -hmm. and they just sort of left saying oh well that's it well go go out and do better and uh that's maybe maybe they didn't know how to coach but yeah i i don't know Maybe they thought that was what the jazz was, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I've seen a lot of very good players that can't coach. Yeah, 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 for sure. And I think one of the I'm reading this book at the moment. It's called The Mental Edge. I can't remember who the the name of the author is, but one All of the right. things that they talk about um, to be really, really important in sort of self preservation in, in in terms of continuing on as as a player, as as an athlete. In what obviously this is this book. I think it was 1990s. It was um, released, but they talk about the, up, yeah? yeah, yeah, absolutely. They talk about the mental shift and turning, changing from, um, complaining about yourself or having a coach complain about you to rather than just it being a complaint, thinking of it as an improvement strategy. So rather yeah. than just being like, you didn't play this well, the simple sort of language change of you didn't do this well to this is what you could do better is vastly, vastly important in terms of improvement. So Little tiny things like that, if you don't have that knowledge and you don't have that little wherewithal, um, it's something that people, sh- I think, should definitely start to, to look into, to understand, and um, maybe 
you know bring into their game if, the, if the metaphor i always use is um you're in the army and you're going out in afghanistan on patrol mm. right and uh the first thing they did well it's not a metaphor it's more story but like the first thing um the sergeant will tell them is you're not going out there to patrol you're going out there to look and to search mm-hmm. and you're looking to find things you're on attack it's not defense we're mm-hmm. not just going around on the trail and coming back yeah we're not on the defensive we're not waiting for people to attack us we're attacking them mm. we're searching for things and that's the main the main push you should have to improve yeah. you know you shouldn't go out there and be like well i'll, I'll do my best and i'll try and improve on this and mm. uh, hopefully the game will manifest itself or whatever yeah exactly whatever the game will manifest itself in the way that i want it to it's like no 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 you go out there and you attack it yeah and you demand like improvement from Absolutely. it and if you're not getting it you gather information just like the army would do you know if they're out there gathering information and then they use that and they attack again it's like yeah yeah so um Super it's always about constant application and assertiveness mm. and not it's not just enough to uh listen and to apply you've got to apply and learn yeah you know it's like you've got to really attack it mm-hmm. yeah language super super interesting one of the really big points of coaching but why don't you talk me through the process of coaching and that the inception being the first message or the notification that's come through to the end of the session and let's just do say say it's one session for now right okay so let's do a uh first session so um when uh, someone comes to me, uh, the first thing we do is uh, we have a chat and I usually book them in for like a free 15, 20 minute chat. And um, we look at the champion pool, we look at um, what the goals are and um, I get a rough idea of what this person wants from me because mm-hmm. there's no point in me taking a template and just sticking it on someone mm-hmm. and it not being um, personal, you know? Yeah. Because uh, I do have templates and stuff, but uh, some of them are really not applicable. Mm-hmm. I have people who literally come to me and say, I want to get better at one champion i don't care about solo queue i just want to be a beast at this one champion and i want to get pentacles in solo and in, in, sorry in normals mm-hmm. and i'm like that's fine and mm-hmm. that's like you know two sessions worth and uh i teach them selfishness <laughs> yeah and uh don't teach them objectives and stuff like that right mm-hmm. so anyway we do that and then once once the session starts we do future planning and mm-hmm. future planning for me i got taught it by jordan peterson and i did it whilst i was um finishing off my teaching course and basically, what it is, is you can have anything you want. You can have anything you want, but you've got to know what it is. Mm-hmm. So you write that down. Then you talk about any issues you've been having and any, like, what what you think the biggest issues are currently in your life mm-hmm. or whatever it is that you're doing. So say in solo queue, you could say, well, I get too emotional or uh, I'm too impulsive. I see that a lot. Like, I'm way too impulsive. I see a play, I don't think about it, I just go for it and I attack it. Mm-hmm. Especially for like younger players, anyone under the age of 18 is, is really like that, um, in my experience. So yeah, so they write that down. Then I say, right, I want you to write down in two years' time what rank you're going to be and where you're going to be skill-wise in solo queue. And this this really varies, you know. So someone's sitting in Diamond 1, they're talking about how they're on Fnatic's academy team or, you know, they're, uh, they're in Fnatic and they're doing this and that and uh you know whatever mm-hmm. and um yeah hold on uh, yeah so and, and then i'm like right that's great now write what your what your life will be like if you let the bad things get the best of you mm-hmm. write that down and that comes underneath and you know then they have it all laid out they have what they want they have what they think the issues are and they'll know what the issue are, the issues are more than i will because yeah like you know i've known them for what 
30 minutes by this point. Mm-hmm. They've known themselves for 16, 17, however old they are, years, they know. Um, and then they've also got something to run towards and something to run away from. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the first thing I'd do. Then we uh, we look at the champion pool because, you know, uh, you got to narrow it down. Like, if you're going to climb the solo queue, three or four champions. And yeah. I mean that. Unless you're one in a, one in a hundred faker, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're one in a hundred and you're uh, extremely talented, um, I met one guy like that. I think his name was Snookly, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, he, he was just—he's really good at like every sport. Uh, I think he's like Master Tier or like Diamond One right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, unless you're like that, it doesn't work. You need three or four champions, and then right at the last bit of the session, uh, I watch—we do a quick VOD review. So like, just uh, I pick a game at random that looks interesting enough to watch. And we just watched like the first 15, 20 minutes. And the only purpose for that is uh, I don't make any comments. I just note down things that could be used for next session. Mm-hmm. So if I see a massive issue, we've already talked about improvement, mentality, um, imp- improvement being the narrowing of the champion. Um, there's enough for that person to, and I'm just gathering information for the next session. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there is a next session, sometimes it's not, and that that you know information just sits in my folder and does nothing. Um, and yeah, that's uh, that's a session from start to finish. Amazing. I think there's a lot of really interesting things. And again, it's in the same book, The Mental Edge, they talk about some of the things that you spoke about there. So it's really interesting to hear that that's being applied, especially to League of Legends, being a, a book that's all about traditional sports. Um, I think so- that's why I've got such longevity in mm. my clients because uh, League Coaching moved to Gamer Sensei ages ago, like six, seven months ago. Mm-hmm. And I still get people messaging me on Discord wanting sessions. I still have two people I do weekly, mm-hmm. um, just for an hour every week. And it's like, you know, they're happy just to PayPal me the money. And it's just crazy how, like, you know, I, I don't even play. I think I'm, like, plat something. Yeah. I barely play League anymore. Mm-hmm. And they still want to come to me. Very and I think that's that's what the uh, mo- what a lot of the coaches are missing in League of Legends. It's yeah. the crossover, you know? Yeah, theory-based. And I, I, I yeah, 100% agree. 100% agree. Um, for, for various different reasons, which we won't get into because this could be a four-hour podcast yeah, if we carry yeah, on going. Yeah, we've about it before. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm really interested. You said at the start, you said if you're looking, if you're pretty good at the game and you're looking for a quick bit of cash, one way to do that is definitely through coaching. So let's say that I am currently Diamond 1 or I'm Master um, and I'm looking to coach. This is one of the things I've listened to this podcast, listened to you talking, and I'm going to be a coach. So what advice would you give to coaches? Now, that can be completely general or something a bit more specific. So in traditional sports, you can go and get qualified. For tennis, for example, you can go to the LTA and they give you a level one, level two, three, four, five. You go and get qualified. You learn coaching technique. You learn theory. Um, League of Legends, that doesn't exist. You can't necessarily, as far as I'm aware anyway, you can't go and get trained to be a coach unless you work under someone or you shadow someone, something like that. So in terms of training or just general advice, what would you give that to coaches or people who are looking to coach? Sorry, If you want to be a coach and you've not coached before, Mm. the main piece of advice I can give to you is don't give advice. So have productive conversations and arguments instead. Mm -hmm. And arguments are healthy. um, uh, But it must be productive and you must be arguing about the, the same thing. So like say if there's an issue, say if you're coaching someone in silver and they're they're telling you, you know, that this jungle route is the jungle route and mm. there's no way you can do it. If you, you can have a productive argument if you're smart about it mm-hmm. and a conversation and you can you can arrive at a solution, but you you can't tell that person where to go because 
if you tell someone to do something, they're not as likely to do it yeah. and to take it in for a long period of time. They might do it for like a week, mm -hmm. but then it'll drop off. They will do it for a long period of time if they come to that realization themselves. So if you're planning on coaching, bring your expertise, bring your knowledge, bring your skill, but you need to need to not give advice. Don't give advice, have conversations. Mm. That's really, really interesting to hear. Um, I think it's it's also difficult because when you're first starting out in coaching, you don't want to say the wrong thing as well, right? Like you don't want to be in the scenario where you say, oh, you should have done this. And the person you're coaching goes, no, absolutely not. That's what I was talking about mm. uh, before. There's so many coaches and they just watch a VOD review and they just, they say, this is wrong. This is wrong. Here's some advice. Here's some advice. This is wrong. And that person is not going to take any, well, they'll take like 5% of that in. Mm -hmm. But if you have a conversation and you, argue with someone like in a productive way and emphasis on conversation you know uh if they come to the realization that yes this is a better route and oh my god i'm three levels up now mm. and oh my god because i'm three levels up that 600 gold per level i can beat this person mm -hmm. you know um once they realize that themselves they will stick to that and they will look for new solutions when the meta changes and when the uh, jungle yeah. changes because that solution was so effective. So you're not just planting a seed, you're not just teach. what? Sorry, you're not just teaching someone something mm. that's gonna work for a short period of time. Yeah. You're planting the learning seed and encouraging them to learn more. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think the difficulty with uh, League of Legends is there, there, at the moment there is no absolutes, right? There is no one best way to path through the jungle. Yeah, every day is a school day. Exactly. It depends on the opposition jungler. It depends on the meta. That's something that's really important. When the scuttle crab got changed in League of Legends, that was a huge change to jungle pathing. Yeah. So there are no absolutes. So I think I totally agree. That idea of having the discussion, talking, seeing what you think is best, taking in the other person's advice, taking in their opinions, that's definitely a really good way to go. Um but training, it's a really difficult one, as I mentioned earlier. Is there any advice you could give in terms of training? I want to be a better coach. What would you What would you recommend in that scenario? Um, I think um, a lot of people, well, I, I, I'll say something now and no one's going to do it, but mm. uh, read Carl Jung because uh, Carl Jung is a psychologist and um, if you ever want to give someone advice um, who is um, quite agreeable and... Uh, I want, I want to say left wing but yeah mm. sort of like typically agreeable open the usual left wing traits mm. uh, which I think I think a lot of people on League of Legends are um, read Carl Jung um, but in a technical side uh, get yourself set up oh and practice what you preach yeah yeah because um, I got into that that hole um, when I was like desperate to get high diamonds and mm. I got frustrated and I didn't practice what I would preach, and it was, yeah. it was a bit a bit hard for me to say to someone, "Do this, do that," and they'd be like, "Oh, yeah, well, yeah. I, I saw this game, and you didn't do that, you didn't do this. I watched it, mm. you know, I was spectating you." Mm. Yeah. So yeah, two bits of advice there: one you're not likely to do, and one you are likely to yeah, do. Yeah, absolutely. No, really, really interesting. And I think one thing you touched on earlier that did interest me as well is you said you've done a lot of solo queue coaching. But you have worked yeah. for a couple of teams, and uh, you said low-level teams, but teams nonetheless, and, and that is vastly different, right? So I'd like to have a little chat about the differences between coaching a team and coaching just a solo queue uh, person, from your experiences at least. Right, so 
The difference is um, when you're playing in solo queue, you play to your own win conditions, and this is the same. Maybe to like Diamond Two or Diamond One, you completely well, you don't completely ignore, but you you have a plan, you have champions, you have templates, and you fit that template around the game and you play to your win conditions and you ignore what other people are doing if someone's in all chats saying i wish no not in all chat in chat just being like gank me i will afk you just mute them you play to your win conditions mm -hmm. they won't affect you you have your plan yeah. um but when you're in a team it's different because it's it needs to be harmonious it needs to be the team's plan mm -hmm. and I, I actually played I played in a team um, when uh, oh what, what was that League of Legends tournament that was on the client the first one that came out what was it called oh, Battlegrounds or something okay. mm -hmm. I can't remember yeah um, the first one of that I was in a team I was Diamond 5 and I was with a load of golds and platinums and we comfortably beat like mid to high diamond teams mm -hmm. all the way up to the final and then they got smashed by like Diamond 1 Master team mm -hmm. um we did that because we just worked as a team. I was really authoritarian. I just they were all really agreeable, and I'm quite assertive. So I was uh -huh. just like, do this, do that. I had a plan in mind, and I was, I was beyond committed to it. You know, I, mm. I get obsessive with uh, things that I do. So yeah, I was I was like researching the team we were going to play next and all that jazz. Um, but we, the individually, the CS was bad on my team. The pathing for me was terrible because I was Diamond Five mm -hmm. um, and I was in the jungle. Um, the the skill shots were missed, but we worked as a team and we we played to our win condition. We always built a team comp that we could pull off. So you mm -hmm. know our win condition was wombo combo. We got Oriana first rotation, then we got an engage, and then we just waited mm -hmm. like scumbags until they grouped. <laughs> yeah, um, and um, because we played as a team, we then did really well. And I, I watch um, some UK scene competitive games mm -hmm. and they play it like solo queue and it's it's hard to watch and it's it's maybe enough reason why they don't progress because, uh, you know, in in the LCS and stuff like that, they play as a team and you can see it, it's a completely different game. Mm. And I think the UK competitive scene should start mirroring that. So coming back to your uh, question, I think the different, yeah, the main differences between solo queue and team coaching is you're teaching cohesiveness and oh, it's almost well I think I think yeah you should probably right so I, I, I've coached teams but I've not coached them well mm -hmm. and I'll, I'll say that now because I came at it with the wrong attitude and I didn't realise that till recently um, I should have came at it with the attitude of each person in their role knows more about their role than anyone else to start with mm -hmm. and all I should have taught them so all the coaching should have been for teams is communication and how to have productive in-game conversations okay and, and that's the difference okay and and when you approached that you said you had the wrong mindset what was the right mindset the one that you just mentioned or was that the one that you had and was incorrect well i i i i i, I well when i came in i sort of treated each player as if i was coaching them in solo queue and right. typically apart from one person who who I, I I got um, flex uh, to challenger this uh, this guy called uh, Fires. Mm -hmm. um, apart from that guy, I mostly coached people below Diamond or sitting in like Diamond Five wanting to move up. Mm -hmm. And they're yeah, as 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 I said, they're they should be playing a different game. 
Yeah. So I, I shouldn't have tried to improve them individually. And that was very, that was okay. wrong of me to do so. Interesting. Um, and um, yeah, I think if I, if I got the opportunity to coach a team again now, which, you know, I probably won't do off the time for, mm. um, all I would do is I would make sure that everyone understood that each person understood more about their role than anyone else yeah. on the team including you know coaches managers analysts whatever they know more about their role mm-hmm. um and um just literally encourage encourage conversation and yeah. just encourage good good drafting through conversation because they know more than we do because mm-hmm. um you know who, who am i you know and i i'm yet to meet a coach who's sitting in like master two challenger tier uh, and coaching a team, I might be wrong, but yeah, in my yeah. experience, I've, it's always like mid to low diamond or platinum something, and they're trying to coach these really good players. Mm. And you know, once you're past D one, you know best. And yeah, all you should be doing is learning how to have conversations. And oh, and managing personal life. Yeah, I think I think yeah, I think that's a massive part that nobody talks about. Um, I've met so many good players. Um, uh, I, I'm not going to name him, but there was a guy who I used to play with who would sit in Diamond 1, and his name... Well, I can't... Yeah. Sure. He played Trindemir, Singed, uh, and Karthus Top, and he played every other champion in between. He was one of those guys who mm-hmm. could just, like, say, well, oh, this this champion, Maokai is good into whatever. I'm going to play that, and yeah. he wins. Um, however, he, was, he wasn't sleeping, so he'd, like... He just slept at random times. He wasn't mm. working. His parents were angry angry with him because he wasn't working. And I saw pictures of him. He, he was a pretty unhealthy guy, and he was constantly slurping on energy drinks. And, yeah. you know, if, if I had enough time and a, a whiteboard, I'd show you how bad it is to drink energy drinks constantly. Yeah. Um, and, 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 yeah, he just didn't... Ha- he, he, never, he didn't have a goal either. His goal <clears> was to be good at League of Legends, and uh, I think Diamond 1's pretty good. He'd already achieved that. Mm. Um so yeah, yeah. I think for team coaching, I would definitely focus more on the uh, at this level where sure. I am. I would focus more. I, I would encourage like coaches as well in like low diamond platinum to focus on conversation and personal lives. Mm. Are you eating fairly well? Are you sleeping? Sleeping is the most important. Um, and are you managing your other your other yeah life stuff? You know, like. Mm-hmm. Are you, are you failing uni because all you do is play League of Legends? Are you failing at your job because all you do is play League of Legends? You're mm-hmm. not going to be very good at League if you're stressed out at that. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree. It's one of the things that I actually did on this podcast a while ago. I did a sort of, uh, I called it a little performance coaching series where I spoke about a bunch of different all things right. um, that will help you that you, if you do it outside of the game, it will make you in-game better. You're in-game better, sorry. So it was things like exercise. It was things like nutrition. It was things like taking breaks as well. Um, yeah. and making sure you structure your day in the right way. Um, I had one guy who asked me a question, and I did a whole YouTube video on it where it was talking about structure, how important structure of your day is if you had All right, completely link me that afterwards. Yeah, right. we'll do, absolutely. Um, but you touched on something that I found really interesting then. You said about the UK scene. Um, yeah. And you said about how the, the stoppage of talent, potentially, and where maybe the UK scene dips in terms of... Uh, going through the ranks of professional play. So where do you think that mindset sort of stems from then? Um, as a country, we are... It, it, well, it's hard to say. I'm not an expert. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty sure... It goes back to what I would do in the first session 
of my coaching where we plan do future planning and we we outline what people want and we outline what life's going to be like in two years if you don't push for what you want yeah because there's nothing worse than playing league of legends for two years staying at the same level like playing league of legends seriously and then looking back and being resentful Mm-hmm. that you've not improved in the last two years and you'll be really resentful because well even more so if you realize that the person that's been holding you back is yourself sure. which is almost always the case mm-hmm. no, i don't want to be like that yeah very interesting and because look the uk scene is something that i've been sort of heavily involved with and you know you can see some some wonderful people and, it, and one of the things that i'm actually going to do uh, another podcast on by myself in the future is to do with how one of the big faults of a lot of organizations is not being people-centered and watching how the UK scene sort of has its dips in terms of quality and that's not necessarily because of the people yeah it you're might really be, on something there it, yeah I, I not being people-centered it, completely. yeah and I think a lot of it has to do with for example if you look at the LEC and this is pretty much giving away almost 100% of what my uh, my next podcast is going to be centred around. Um, if you look at the LEC, and a lot of their branding recently has had players, it's had casters, it's had members of staff. There's lots of different people that have been involved involved in that branding. And I think uh, one of the one of the faults of the UK scene, and that is something that is definitely changing. And the teams are doing a wonderful job at sort of bringing this in slowly. Um, obviously, it's very, very difficult because the UK scene doesn't have multi-million pound uh, dollars backing them in the same yeah. way that the LEC does. Um, but is that sort of people-centered nature that I think the more that happens, the more we'll, we'll progress. Um, but that's only speaking from a business standpoint, not necessarily from a from a talent standpoint, if that makes sense. I mean, all the UK team, all the UK scene teams need to do is like the manager needs to say, right, who's not sleeping? Mm. Own up. And the person that's waking up at six in the six in the evening to practice at eight, that guy you need to sort that guy out, mm. or you need to kick him for someone who does sleep. Okay. Um, you know, and give them that incentive. If you sort sleeping out, great. You've got a team that's um, alert and awake when you need them to be, and they're not going to be fast asleep when there's a tournament game at mm. two, and so and so is usually asleep at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, do that. And oh, what was the other thing? Yeah, do that and just focus on. Oh, yeah. I've, I've lost my train of thought, yeah, but yeah, no there, was, there was something else. I might come back. Yeah, no worries. Just jump in if, if it comes back. Um, yeah, no problem. Really, really difficult to comment, though, because I, I I know the background of traditional sports and how that works and, and coaching and management and things like that. Um, I don't know how the UK scene works as a whole. I uh, I have worked with a couple of... I've worked with a team in terms of content creation. Um, oh, it's came back. It's came back. Oh, yeah, and have a break day. Ah, um, I was okay. speaking to um, a very... Well, I, I call him a close friend, but I think... He's he's a friend of sorry I'm a friend of his but like he's always been a close friend of mine I, I coached a team when he was on it when uh, uh, he was on it with this guy called Matty and after that I just followed them religiously on mm. uh, like where they were on the solo ladder and I'd watch the games if they came up the, the nicest guys both of them yeah. like really nice um, and uh, I was speaking to that guy recently and he says well he's he's on one of the UK teams mm-hmm. and he said. Um, yeah, I, I we don't really have a break this week, and I'm like Jesus, you know. Mm. Even 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 God rests rest on the Sabbath. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, 
I agree. No, I think I think that's one of the things that's really important, and I've spoken about that on the podcast before. I do think the UK scene is going exactly in the right direction as of recent. I've watched uh, the LVP, who have been doing a lot of content, so being people-centred is something that I deem really important in esports, and I think that will be the next step um, for the UK scene, hopefully. Um, but I, I, I'm of the opinion that everything's going in the right direction in terms of content creation, in terms of um, the ideologies behind how an organisation should be run, um, and all those sort of things. So, but I can't necessarily comment on what goes on behind the scenes of esports coaching because I've actually I've never been a part of that to be to be frank. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, what we can talk about, and I think is a really good place to start or carry on. Sorry, um, is the relationship between traditional sports and esports, and maybe this is something that can also link back to the UK scene. I'm not entirely sure. Um, but we've spoken uh, sort of in depth in this podcast so far about taking things from traditional sports and esports. But some people are of the opinion that they are two separate entities and should stay that way. I, on the other hand, believe that they should be living in harmony and we should learn from traditional sports and traditional sports should learn from esports um, and vice versa. So I'm interested to see your take on that. Well, I don't think anyone who has that opinion has any legs to stand on when mm. the main teams have nutritionalists, they have personal trainers. Have you seen the size of Broxa? Yeah. He can get like that by himself. <laughs> yeah. Like he's, he's, he's not always been that big, mm. you know? He's just got a personal trainer. He likes the gym. He got into it more than he should have, probably. Mm. And, um, yeah, um, you can't really have that opinion. Um, if you have that opinion, you're, you're just blatantly wrong. Mm. Um, it's, it's it's so important, especially for men. You know, if... if um, so we've been hunters and gatherers, like the men have been for, mm. I don't know, or maybe 100,000 years. Yeah, probably yeah. longer than that. Yeah. I can't remember the exact amount of time. Mm. Disgusting amount of time. And only in the past 150, 200 years we've been sat in our bums in call centres yeah. uh, picking up the telephone for Lloyd's Banking Group. You know? <laughs> um, and that means that we are genetically predisposed, especially if you're a man, if you're a man mm. to work out. Mm-hmm. I mean, just do, just do 10 minutes of press-ups each morning and see the result. Yeah. It's like, you know, oh, and that's something else as well. So IQ, this might interest you, stays, mm-hmm. so you develop IQ by the age of six, right? Yeah. That's, and your IQ's solid then. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter how much you get educated or how much influence you get. It doesn't really go up or down until you get to 21. And then it wow. plummets. Oh, right? okay. The only way to keep, and you can't improve it after that, even slightly, like you could do between the ages of six and 21. Mm. But you can keep it stable. Okay. Through regular, excessive exercise, so for, through pushing yourself physically, because oh, okay. what you're doing is you are kickstarting the brain and oxygenating it, and you know, telling your body, "I'm not dead. I still need my IQ." Yeah. Yeah, and interesting. Yeah, that comes into just like what we were saying before about uh, players stagnating yeah, yeah. in the UK scene. Interesting, because uh, you know, exercise you, you take that as a whole, and if you go into the gym and you squat. What your body does, as I'm sure you understand fully well, um, is your body takes on the stimulus of the squat and it betters itself so it won't go through that pain again. That's just the really, really simple sort of dull down reason as to why muscles grow, right? Because they don't want to be under that stress again. Um, So I don't see why a lot of the ideas of that won't help in esports personally. Um, I'm a man of traditional sports that needs to, that wants to go further and push that sort of knowledge into esports. Um, so I, I, I'm 100% on side with you. Harmony, you can learn so much from traditional sports, but I think one thing that people forget is how much uh, traditional sports can learn from esports. 
um, in for so many different reasons. And I think one of the really big things is sort of moving into the age that we are in now. Esports is getting closer to being king. Um, but I, I'm interested to see how much traditional sports will take from esports because I think there's an awful lot they can learn, not necessarily through performance, um, but through maybe marketing, maybe branding, those sort of things. Um, I think we'll move to traditional sports and they, sorry, they will take that from esports if that makes sense. Um, yeah, I completely agree. Fantastic. Yeah, so, I've got nothing to say about that, spot on. No, brilliant. Okay, good news. Um, on to the next question then, and this is sort of the last, the last real question that I have. Um, I know coaching can be a case-by-case scenario um, and I'll take you through a little sort of coaching scenario that I've been through and um, for the listeners as well but is there something that you think is the most important to focus on for solo queue so the, the example I will give for this is um, if you have a one-on-one lesson for tennis um, stating yeah. that you're just going to work on the forehand is not such an intelligent thing to say because it's not number one it's not the truth it's not the best thing to work on and it's not always applicable you might have someone that comes in and has an amazing forehand but the backhand isn't as strong as that um, but one thing we we can focus on in tennis is for example the recovery position so getting back to the center the middle of the court rather than and this is something that a lot of people do throughout the whole sort of range of ages whether they're six years old or whether they're 46 year old um, a lot of people tend to ball watch they will hit a lovely forehand that's been coached perfectly but will stand still watching where the ball goes all of a sudden yeah, there's a yeah, massive gap on the left the other side of the court exactly and, and the same with yeah. football for example keeping your head up while the ball's at your feet is a really important coaching um, sort of technique to always employ um, so back to the, the question at hand um, it's not always the the right way to think about it but if you were to think about it this way um the most important thing for someone to focus on in solo queue okay so i can draw a really nice comparison so you said going back to the center of the core and getting into the recovery position Mm. um i I think most people can can see that metaphor in their head it's the exact same for league so it's like i I, i've got this um i've got this template it's like a a flow chart somewhere and it's like you farm and you see an opportunity, you do something, and you go back to farming. And it's all about having the right rotational path. I mean, like, what me and the uh, the guy, he was a Vladimir main, this guy called Fires, mm-hmm. uh, when he got to Challenger and Flex queue, um, we were literally just talking about farming and, like, the most the best way to do it. And, like, I'd come up with something and be like, oh, have you tried this? And he'd be like, oh, no way. And, like, you know, then we were, like, pushing free waves. Yeah. This was maybe two or three seasons ago, but we'd, like, push free waves and then go and steal raptors because we knew they were coming up because mm-hmm. all the junglers did the exact same jungle pathing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'd steal the enemy raptors, then we'd push another wave, then do our raptors. And it was like, mm. why do we need to do that? And, um, you know, we'd have this sort of structured template, this recovery position, but um, we'd always like look for things to do and then come back to it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's yeah that's something that can apply to almost everyone in solo queue Mm -hmm. um doesn't matter what role you're doing farm and levels and xp you know is so important Mm -hmm. so so yeah have a farm route and a plan of gaining levels and gold for free in place Mm -hmm. and then once you look and do look for actions do actions you then want to come back into that and i think what i what i had written down my notes for this uh podcast was Mm. uh keeping your room clean but we've kind of spoken about that already yeah yeah 
No, I think I think that's, that's a really interesting important. one because um, the, the the desk is something that I've spoken about on the podcast before. Is making sure that the space around you is in the right condition for you to be playing and, and even for you to be learning. A lot of people I know, a lot of guys at the university that um, I study at. You, you look at the state of their, their room, the state of their desk, and it baffles me because oh, yeah. I can't do it. Yeah. I can't learn in an environment that if, has if so many distractions like that. ball microcosm where you, so much of your life, yeah. you know, how, how the hell are you going to look after your uh, your books and your yeah, studying? quite. Yeah, it's like, how, how are you going to manage your League of Legends career mm. if um, your room's a mess, you're not on top of your, your work, you know, mm-hmm. you're always turning up late for your uh, part-time job, and you're constantly stressed with that stuff. Um, yeah, tidy your room, keep your room clean, and uh, watch your League of Legends career progress. Yeah. That's what I'd say. Well, there you go. That's super, super interesting, and sort of draws everything to a close. I don't know if there's anything, any other topics that you were interested in talking about. No, no, no. I think we covered everything, and uh, thank you for uh, having me on. Really Not a problem. It. I was going to uh, say thank you ever so much for giving your time again. Um, that's been a really, really interesting episode. There's a bunch of different stuff that we can take from that. Um, the ways, the pathways into coaching for the average person, the things that you should really be looking at in your game, and even you know the little improvements that you can make that we've learned from traditional sports, we've learned from academia, whether that's like yourself. In philosophy or psychology conversations so many different topics um so i'm really really grateful for you for giving uh, your time in in the way that you have so thank you ever so much if there's any i know you're not on twitter i don't know if you're on any other social medias but if people did uh, want to get in contact I, I came with off you all social medias i'm yeah. strictly into my girlfriend my family and uh becoming a clinical psychologist well, so there you go, then. Uh, unfortunately i'm off all social medias but i tell you what um if you i don't know if you add me on my smurf box one Mm-hmm. on league uh you can you can hit me up ask me some stuff i'm sometimes on that like and if you message me or add me i'll uh, i'll make an effort to message you back well, and i'm on i'm on discord as well if you uh, already have me on discord mm-hmm. so normally at this part i would say all of uh, your links are in the description but i will put your uh, <laughs> smurf link in the description or the smurf title Honestly, in your, try, in the try, description. try it man come off social media you don't miss I it i know i'm sure i'm sure <laughs> but yeah perfect thank you yeah. so, ever so much for your time everyone who's listening i hope you've really enjoyed that there's a bunch to take away from that as i said so uh thank you ever so much for listening and hope you have a wonderful day